What's up, everybody? We're back for another episode of Ready, Ready Set, Set, Go! What's up, man? What's going on? Man, ain't nothing much going on, man. We had a lot that happened in the past, what, week or two weeks or so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we have. We, we had some... a lot. We let's, let's, Before we get into the meat of things when it comes to the track and field, because I know you're excited about that, Doc. Let's talk about um, all-around sports, man. Let's talk about all around sports. Ooh, let's give our shout out first, man. We have something in the pipeline to tell people. We do. We have a great announcement to make, man. Yeah, man. We want to shout out to our onboard partner, Prize Picks. Prize Picks in the building. Thank you so much for being a part of Ready, Set, Go. Yeah, that's our partner sponsor. We're going to jump back into it. You were saying. Well, no, at the end of the day, um, let's talk about NFL. NFL has come into, into the effect right now. We're talking back about into the season. If we talking about them, man, we, the only thing to talk about is the Eagles. Because I'm, I'm going to be biased. Come on, man. You got <laughs> to be able to talk about the team. Yeah, well, I, can, though, I can talk about other teams, man. I can talk about But your about Eagles are doing good right now. Yeah, though, man. man. We're doing good, man. I think I think our defense could play a little bit better. Our offense is doing okay. Um, but like I said, I think it's uh, first out of the season jitters. And when we get into the real thick of things, we'll get back to dominating the way we need to. So, so my question to you is, is that um, you being a new prize pick associate, is, is your all your fantasy picks going to be the Eagles? I don't bet against the Eagles, man. Fly, Eagles, fly to the road so of victory. You're going to click everybody. Fly, Eagles, fly. <laughs> what, what's the move? What, what y'all do? E-A-G-L-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-
he he shushed all the naysayers. And they aren't even mad because he's actually somebody who actually announced what he was going to do, and he's actually doing it. Even the journalists were fully against him about what he was trying to do and everybody hating on him. So I have to say, man, Coach Prime, congratulations on your 3-0 start. You know what I mean? I, I wish you the best in, in, in your endeavors. I'm going to say that Pro Coach Prime, Coach Prime is a great representation of what black history is. This is moments where we read about, you know, uh, black individuals making history, help changing the game, and you look at sports or any other venue in a totally different light. That's what Coach Prime, to me, represents and stands for because, you know, college football is very successful, but he, brought, he has brought a whole new spin and dynamic to college football to where it's not only exciting to watch the game, but deciding to watch the lead-up to college football and the aftermath of what happens as well. He, he, he him, dog. I can't help it. He is him. If I had to pick the best athlete that's ever played sports, it would be Deion Sanders. I, 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 I know and some people want us to disagree, but that's something that I couldn't disagree on. I feel like Deion Sanders' life is, is, a, is a movie in itself or a book. I'm pretty sure he has people who want to film his documentary on life, if he haven't already, or a book deal. Because, I mean, you're talking about a man who got drafted in two of the most biggest sports in American history. Talking about a man who had a home run and a touchdown in the same week of his career playing for two professional teams with two different sports. Um, talking about a man who's a Hall of Famer. Ooh, talk about a man who coached his kids his whole life, bro. His whole life, their whole lives, he's coached them. They ain't know no other coach but him. And they're good at what they do. They're not, they're not out there playing daddy ball. These boys could actually play. It's the mindset, too, I'm really interested in when it comes to Dion and how he leaders. Now I want to say coach, he leaders because a coach can tell you what to do and just say, hey, go out there and do what you do. But he has, with people like Travis Hunter, his own son, like he has made them into not only great athletes, but they can see the path that they can be able to be successful in. A lot of coaches can't do that for you. A lot of coaches are about to hear now. And you could tell that he said, look, you want to be one of the greatest? Follow me. I think what he did different, too, if you watch his interviews, like why a lot of kids want to go play for him, he doesn't necessarily tell kids who are coming in they got to wait. If I'm, not, if I'm not wrong, he tells the kid that you're going to come and compete for your position. And if you don't get it, then that's what it is. At other programs, they might have to tell the kid coming in, hey, you're going to have to sit by the year, tell this kid go. But he actually lets you compete for that starting position in the offseason. And I think kids are more cool with doing that than saying, than hearing, oh, I'm going to have to wait for you because they know if I competed and I won, I get to play. So basically, he takes away the politics. Definitely. He makes it. So he keeps he, the respect. And he put it on the kid. So if the kid lose, he could only respectfully sit and be like, yeah, I got to wait because, you know, I got beat. I didn't have, I didn't have what it took. Yeah. So I, I respect that out of them. I don't think a lot of other coaches uh, are doing that. I agree. I agree on that. So, Coco Golf. Coco Golf has won the U.S. Open, man. The crazy thing is, like, you have those moments where the world's rooting for one particular athlete, and it sucks for the other athlete that's playing for that same championship. And that's what I felt when watching, watching Coco play for the, in the finals. 
it was like everybody and their mama was cheering for Coco. They wanted Coco to win. And rightfully so. I mean, she played a great game. Um, even when she was down, it's like you see the look on her face and she rallied back with so much intensity and so much concentration and focus. And even through the rounds, through the semis, homegirl was not playing it. She was like, look, the rules are the rules. You can't sit down. My opponent's sitting down. Tell my opponent to get up, ref. Hey, pick up the pace of the game. Stop showing the pace of the game down. She understood that for her to be the champion she needed to be, she has to be able to not only respect the game, but have her opponents also respect the game. Play it fair, play it clean, may the best person win. I, I, from that moment on, I'm a, I'm a fan of Coco, but I became a bigger fan of Coco since her win because of what led up to her being that being that champion. Man, that speaks volumes to her too. That's like her knowing her job, but she knew the ref job too. You know what I mean? I mean, shame on the ref that the ref couldn't do it on her own. You know what I mean? Because that's her job. But when the athlete playing the sport got to worry about your job and her job too, that's that's crazy to me. But I. I do give her, man, a bunch of kudos, man, because she she humbly says that she's going to be the greatest of all time. You know, she says it through a game. You know, she says it through action. She's just not talking. She humbly says that I am going to be the best to ever do this. And Rich, those are some big shoes to fill. I mean, when you're talking about Serena. So <laughs> I wanted to do it, but I mean, I, I, I've seen the the, the list of, of accomplishments of Serena, um, she's going to be playing for a while. She's going to be playing for a while. <laughs> but I guarantee you, that win was very Serena-esque. Oh, no, it was. It was very it serena was. And I think Serena man. was happy for yeah. her too, man, because I remember Serena, they had pictures of her and Serena and her parents, man. They were just so happy when she won, man. That was, that was, that was, that was great. It's, they said her dad couldn't stay in and, and watch the, the match. He had to go into like the hallways and Walk back and forward and pace back and forward, man. I can only imagine how nerve-wracking it is for uh, a big athlete and their parents watching them, you know, at that level, about to make history, man. Like, Actually, your mom lived that. <laughs> <laughs> what you talking about? You're right. In, in 17, she told me, she was like, he was running and I just closed my eyes and was like, baby. <laughs> this, this is my mom the whole time. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Meanwhile, we didn't even, we didn't even come out yet. They just announced 100 meters coming up next. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Dude, when I asked her, she was like, I didn't watch. She was like, dad was My eyes were closed. The whole time. Eyes closed. She's like, I already knew who he won because like, I opened my eyes and Ronaldo was like, he won. The, that was the fun fact of 2017 was the fact that she actually didn't see the race physically. She was there in the stadium, but didn't see the race. By the time she did open eyes, everyone was standing up. And she couldn't see the finish line. And all she did was get a nod from Max Siegel and Ronaldo. And they was like, your boy did it. <laughs> hey, so you ain't even got to ask nobody. You can you, you just ask your mom, <laughs> what's that like? And so now her and Coco's mom have something. In, I mean, Coco's dad have something in common where they could talk about it. I ain't watch either. You're right. My child was a champion and I ain't know how it happened. But my dad, Willie Frank, definitely didn't act like that. You know, my dad's... <laughs> The super cat smooth, boy. He, he, he sit there with a leg crossed like, come on, Alex, you got it. <laughs> there you go, pull it off. <laughs> she, yeah, you did it. There it is. That's hey, my boy. Hey, listen, every time I see Justin Dad, boy, he look like cat daddy. <laughs> <laughs> he got his top hat and his beard be shaved like to the nine, boy. Razor cut clean. 
every man, day, boy. Every time. That's that military mindset, man. He wake up every day and, and edge up his and edge up his beard. Old school you, though, you razor edge, style though. You need to edge me up, man. I think he'll do a good job. Man. He'll like get that. you right. He'll get I you right. He brushed his hair for so long, dog, on his beard. He started getting waves in his beard, man. Oh, yeah, get the wavy that. white beard. <laughs> 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 yeah, man. But back back to tennis, man. I mean, there's a little controversy going on, man, about, you know, Coco. One of the first things that Coco did was she congratulated and thanked um, Billie Jean King, right? Legend of the sport about helping um, further movements to equal pay in, in their sport, which is a big topic in all sports that have both sides, equal pay, right? So what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I heard the equal pay, but I I hope I'm. I did a little bit of, of looking, and and I don't know if it's equal to actually be the women might actually be making more at this point, because I think when I checked, and, I, and I'm pretty sure somebody in the comments gonna correct me if I'm wrong, but men have to win three sets, and women have to win two. So if they getting paid equally, it seems like. Men are doing more of the work. I'm not complaining. I'm saying the women deserve. I'm just making an observation of something saying that it's not equal. They're getting paying more for less work. That's all I'm saying. I'm not advocating that it should be taken away. I'm so just what you're saying stating is a fact. equal should be equal. Equal should be equal. Yeah. If we say Women equal, should be should playing be. three sets yeah, like three the men sets. play like three sets three to sets. win championships. Yeah. Or either the men should play two sets like the women to yeah, win championships. They cut a set off for the men or they add a set for the women. And the here's the crazy part. Viewers, more viewers watch women tennis than they do men tennis now because Serena Williams made it more popular. So, in, so when you think about it, when you tune in, the first thing you're thinking about is Serena Williams or uh, Naomi or Coco or these other players who play. That's the first thing you think about. Then you think about men uh, tennis players. But then if we're going to say that, if we, but let me put it like this. If it's, if it's from revenue sayers, Revenue sales of, of viewership, let me go to, if the women are being watched more, let them be paid out their percentage. So that, that's only fair. I agree. Because if we, if we put it in basketball terms, women would want equal pay, but the viewership is not the same or the support is not the same. So they can't want to get paid as much as a Steph Curry or somebody like, because, because the merchandising, viewership, and the marketing is not the same. So if more women... Uh, more fans are watching the women, they should be paid that percentage because that would be earned. So I, let me say that before I say anything else. So, well, that's how, that's how track and field is. And I think that's why track and field is organically an equally paying sport because these people promoters look for the athlete that puts butts in the seats. And to put the butt in the seat, you got to pay to get in. So those athletes that put butts in the seats, be it men or women, they're always going to be the highlight. They're always going to be the ones on the poster. They're always going to be the ones that's getting paid the big bucks. Now, we talked about it before where you had runners and who are female runners who are making more money than their counterparts, and they have the same amount of accolades. You got Shane, who's an Olympic gold medalist and world champion in the 400 compared to other guys who are in that same field, and she's making way more money than they are. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, it is a disparity, but they do recognize that she put the, puts the people in the seats, like you said. And our counterparts might not might not like it, but from the years of work before, put her in that position to earn that kind of money. So I would say they would have to just rise to her 
to her level of competition. I, I, and I think you don't find a lot of people in our sport complain about it because we realize that you got to get it done and not just get it done, but get it done on a level to where people are going to remember who you are and what your name is. You know what I mean? People want to see you run again. There's a lot of people who's won gold medals, but we, we as fans in history have forgotten their name because they didn't stand out. You it's know? true. So you have athletes who stand out and make a mark. Those are the athletes who rightfully should be able to get paid because they're the ones that's pushing narrative of the sport and they're the ones who are pretty much the foundation at this point in time of the sport when people tune in. Facts. Facts. What do you think, what do you think is, is more so important since you moved on to that point? The consistency of an athlete or championship winning, meaning Olympic medals, world championship medals, Diamond League final medals, or the consistency of running fast. What's more important? Who, who are we saying is important to? Are we saying important to the fans or are we saying important to the athlete itself? I think both. So I would say to the athlete itself, consistency, you would love to just win all the time. Even when it comes to the big races or small races, you just want to dominate, right? I, I would say the same, right? You would want to. Um, but I think what the fans especially now look for is the fact that you winning the big shows and they really don't have to focus on the small shows. Like, if you win the Olympics, most the average fan is going to think that you're going to win every other race before and after that. They're not thinking about if you lost the race immediately after or if you didn't win the Diamond League. They're thinking about you are the world champion, you are the Olympic gold medalist, ain't nobody out there who's beating you, right? So I think that when it plays down to it, it's the excitement factor. That's where our, our sports are going now. It's the excitement factor. Um, what can you win and when can you win it? Can I, you win it when it counts? I like the excitement factor, man. I feel like it's pushing the narrative of our sport track and field further and further. Um, more fans means more money for the athletes. More means more viewership from, from, from sponsors to get more money. So I, I kind of like that we're moving away from, from that whole where like, so classy, you know what I mean? Now we got more people being outspoken saying actually what people have been thinking in their press conferences, like press conferences before would be like, yeah, man, you know, I'm just happy to be here and hopefully we could put on a show tomorrow. Now it's going from that to, yeah, I'm going to run um, nine six, but I feel like I got to run faster than that now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, just the name of you, but I, I, I like that energy because yeah. now that draws more attention the rivalry of those two runners or even that race on that time, you know, outside you know, of the Olympics. You know what that would help with too? That prize pick. It was. That it would help. Pick prize help. picks. <laughs> you know, because at, at the end of the day, I mean, when you look at track and field, you know, <clears throat> there's a lot of athletes who are predictable on winning, right? But at the end of the day, you realize also um, track is very unpredictable at times. So when you have an a company like Prize Pick come in, and you be able to have your fantasy picks, and you could pick certain athletes uh, because either their accolades in the past, or how well they're running now, or what you see in the future for them. You know what I mean? The trajectory they're getting to. You have a vast amount of opportunities to be able to pick. Yeah, and that's gonna make it exciting, man. I feel like if you could pick the top three, or you could pick the margin of victory. You know what I mean? I feel like those are all trifactors that could affect your earnings or whatever you would like to call it. Uh, in that whole selection that you would do in the entry. But um, yeah, man, but very, very good answer. 
for that question. So I guess we're picking medals over consistency. I am picking medals over consistency. <laughs> Members are remember. You know how I move. <laughs> <laughs> People remember medalists, correct? True. More so, more so than anything else, especially if you're a double medalist or yeah. or a triple medalist. So, shoot, from that man, shoot, let's um talk a little bit about world championships, man. What what you what what'd you think about the world championships this year? We had some unpredictable things happen. Some predictable things happen. Yeah, you know I mean, what were your thoughts? What race we are going to start on? First of all, world championships was. World Championships was actually pretty exciting, man. It was a soap opera event for me. Like it, a lot of things unfolded in ways I I I kind of predicted it could go, but I didn't see it happening that way fully. And then when it happened, I was like, okay, okay. Um, I mean, let's talk about Noah. Man, let's Noah, let's get straight to it then. Triple gold, man. I think the last triple gold medalist, what, two thousand thousand nine. No, 2007, Tyson Gay, last American to, to win a triple gold. Last American, yep. Last American to win a triple gold, man. Yep. I, I think he actually said he wanted to do that two years prior, and it just manifested two days later. The one thing I like about Noah Man is his confidence. His confidence, he's not scared to put out in the universe. Worked hard for it. Did I think it was going to happen? No, I could honestly say that when I see this man, I got to apologize to his face. But uh, <laughs> I, I saw the 200. I didn't see that 100. I, I honestly, he, he, he definitely wasn't, wasn't my number one pick. I did have him meddling, but I had him meddling at third. But obvious to say that you don't go by what people say. You long as you know what you're going to do, you do it. So Noah, kudos to you, man. He did what he said he was going to do. I'm, I'm going to back it up on the same one, man. I mean, one thing that I realized that as you become more successful, you know, all your friends are not going to be ground floor fans. Uh, uh, you know, like you accumulate more fans along the way. Doesn't mean that they didn't believe in you, but obviously, you know, you have to achieve something a little more greater to gain other other fanfare, right? So, I'm going to say super congratulations to Noah because not only did he seize the moment, but he did it in grand fashion, man. Grand, grand fashion, man. So to win that hundred, and I can watch his hundred, and I can watch him com compete against someone like a Coleman, and I can know how the race is going to unfold within the first fifteen meters of the race, because they're so polar opposites of each other when it comes to their race strategies. Um, Noah is more of a top end guy, so it takes him a little while to get up and going. And you watch Coleman, which is guy who is a, a, a great starter, right? One of the best starters in history, and if Coleman's on, it's hell for Noah to catch him. But if Coleman just doesn't get that start where he usually gets, and Noah has a good start, standardly good start, watch out. Because that top end, when that top end kicks in, I don't think anybody can be able to compete against that top end. And I think that's what happened at world champion, the World Championships is that he had an opportunity to be able to have a good start. He was able to stay calm. And once that top end kicked in, who was going to compete against him? Hey, look. Who's going to compete against him is the guy who's next up. The guy who I actually had getting the silver medal did get the silver medal. Who I got, I'm telling everybody, as long as this kid stay healthy, watch out for Tobogo. So you had Tobogo getting second in the 100? I, I did. Remember, I had, I had 
Uh, what's the name? I'm gonna go review the tape. You you go review the tape. <laughs> I had uh, uh, the guy from Great Britain getting first. Zarnell. 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 Okay. Yeah. I had Tobogo getting second. Okay. And I had Noah getting third. And okay. Like, Noah third. Okay. You ain't had med- you ain't really. had Noah meddling. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I didn't have Noah yeah. meddling. Yeah, I didn't have no. I, I felt like three rounds um, were going to be a um, a lot for him, and then having to go in to do the 200 as well. So I felt like. I feel like it was going to be some mechanical issues, meaning technical, technically, technically wise, when it came to his race going into the finals. He proved me wrong. He got the job done. Ran, ran the world so lead. You, you owe my apology too. I, I, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize to you, Noah. You is him. You the man, dog. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> but, but I mean, it's special when you have an athlete who can be able to win and capture it, the glory, but also do it with a personality that people are going to be drawn to. And that's what Noah is. People drawn to that. I'm people fully, drawn to what he's going to do next. I'm fully, I'm fully in support of Noah, but that Tobogo kid ran from Worlds. That boy ain't make the final till he climbing up to this Worlds. He made the final and medal. And... I'm going to throw it out there now. Tobogo's the Olympic champion, but I ain't going to say That's what you saying right now? <laughs> oh, <laughs> documentist. <laughs> Once we come back for our Olympic episode, <laughs> we got to make sure that we know as long as he what you me. said. I'm going to give you another opportunity. If to he be stays able to, on this progression, I, I see him. Listen, bro, I, I, I think Tobogo right. is the future of track and field when it comes to men's sprinting. Um, I love the way he runs. I love his technique. I love his gait. I love how he's out there. He just moves. Um, and he's, 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 he has that talent where he can run you down. So he has top end as well. So I want to see what happens with him next as he grows. I think he got, I think he got injured at, uh, the Diamond League finals though, man. He did. He pulled out. He pulled out of the two. Yeah. So, so I wish him well. I wish a speedy recovery to Bogo, man. You keep doing your thing, bro. For sure. What about that women's hundred, man? About Miss, Miss Shakari Richardson. Amazing, amazing what she did, man. And championship record style. Nobody, she is the undisputed, undisputed world champion. And nobody could say, like, she did it at the Jamaicans at their best. Nobody could, could say anything or say, oh, it was- Take that away from her. No, like, you can't. You can't take that away you from can't. her. You can't. I mean, because, you know, Shelly Ann's PB is 10-6 also. And when she ran the fastest time in world championship history, mm-hmm. and I think the world championship record, Shelly Ann had it, and when she, she took it, so- she broke a record and she won, so she is the undeniable, undisputed world champion. Can't take it. She is, and 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 one more to add to that is the fact that she did it from lane nine. So a lot of views out there who don't understand what it is to run a um, hundred meters when you're lined up against seven to eight of the nine fastest people in the world, um, you want to be put next to whoever your competitors are, right? So you want to be next to your fastest competitors. So you can feel their energy. Um, out there in lane nine, when your competitors are in, either in lane three or four, you don't, feel, you don't feel their energy and you can't see what they're doing until you get to lease by more than halfway of 100 meters when, when the, like the pack starts fading back and the, the dominant runners start running in the front. Then you can see peripherally where those other runners are at, right? So for her to do that from lane nine and get the job done, once again, you would know what that feels like. <laughs> <laughs> right? 
Once again, you would know what that feels like because the same thing. I think he was in lane eight, though. I was in lane eight. Lane eight, yeah. Yeah, right. Reese Prescott was in uh in lane nine. Yeah, you. Yeah. So from the outside, did you have? And and I think what helped her too, man. Um, being that her coach was your coach, mm-hmm. was my coach. <laughs> well, he's been there before with you. Yeah. So once he's seen it, he know that this is something familiar, and it was probably a little bit easier to coach her through this type of moment. So. I think that Dennis Mitchell Green Machine was definitely prepared for a moment like this for her, her being her first time at a world championship. I think I think the world, the, the stars aligned for them for this to happen this way. I, I agree, man. I mean, you know, our coach knew how to get it done. And then obviously getting it done with me in 2017, it was just basically a, a blueprint then. Like, you'll be all, we in lane nine. What you going to do? Get it done. Run your race, run your race strategy. We train for this. Your talent and your race pattern is, is superior to all the other competitors, and you have to believe in that. And when the gun goes off, that's all you focus on. Because that's what I did when I was in lane, when I was in lane eight, I knew I knew Reese Prescott was a top end runner. Wasn't the best starter, but then I had in lane seven, I had Johan Blake to, to my left. And I know he was a good starter and he had great transition as well. So I said to myself, I gotta get out with or on Johan, and I got to be able to hold off Reese Prescott. Now, mind you, these were my two top competitors that I was focused on in the race, but that's all I had to work with. Those are my tools I had to work with. Meanwhile, um, Usain's in lane three, <laughs> and Chris and Coleman is in lane four. So they're battling against each other. They can't see me. I can't see them. And literally like five meters, five meters before the finish line, I can see them finally. And as I'm diving for the line, that's when I realized, damn, I won this bad boy. Why even realizing or competing against Bolt or Christian Coleman, who should have been my top competitors, I was worried about the guys who were next to me and I was trying to execute my race. Funny thing is, you say that and you don't see the carry pan to the side until five meters before the line. You watch Sharika and Shillian battle each other. To the line in which their form starts to fall apart as they are battling each other. Former, former uh, training partners knowing each other's strengths and weaknesses, they're more so going at each other and they forget and really can't see Shakiri all the way on the outside. So I kind of think, you know, it kind of placated in her, in her favor, but I can say that, but uh, she worked through that and ran one of the fastest times of her career, one of the fastest times, not one of the fastest times in right. championship history. So I definitely think like that was amazing for her to do. But uh, congratulations to Shakiri, which is world champion. World champion. Uh, what do you think about the two hundred man? Men's two hundred. Noah. He said he wanted to break the world record. Um. I could say a few things of why I feel like he wasn't going to get even close to his own record. Uh, I think it's, well, I'm going to just go ahead and say, I think it's because this is one of the first times that he's doubled in a G. And I don't, I don't know if he understood what that would do to his body going into the 200. I, I agree. I agree. Um, the old saying, you got to give a little to get a little. You know what I mean? I think that he gave, he gave his 19, 10, or whatever he wanted to run in that 200, he gave it to the 100. That was his energy he gave. 
he gave that to in the hundred. Now, mind you, it was a gamble, but at the end of the day, guess what? It came out successful. Well, he rolled them dice and came out. Listen, <laughs> if he went out there and ran nineteen ten and became the world record holder in the two hundred meters, I still don't feel like it gives him the platform of being a world champion in the hundred meters and being a world champion in the two hundred and the relay. Them three golds trumps if he went out there and ran 1910. Just my personal opinion, because at the end of the day, him running and winning the world record in the 200 and just running the 200 would have just pigeonholed him into being a 200 meter specialist. And that's how people would have looked at it. I mean, I just think third goal is the hardest goal. Reason being like, you have three other people you got to depend on to get that. Uh, oh yeah, it's, four by one. <laughs> it's hard, and it's hard being from the United States of all the of all the controversy we had throughout the years, and the and the the quote unquote um, curse that we had for running the men's relays. But those men just proved the curse is broken. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, they just proved that to the relay coaches and to the athletes that ran in the relay. You know, they achieved goal. Um, and the women achieved gold. I don't. I don't know the last time America had both of you guys win gold on the four by one men and women. I don't. I can't remember. But. It had to be two thousand, two thousand seven, or 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 earlier. Yeah, for man. sure. So, so that's a feed. Like shout out to the relay coaches, man, for getting that. That's a job well done, man. Um, but Noah, the Bogo, third in the two hundred. What? What? <laughs> But shout out to Area Knight, man. He got the silver. That young yeah. man, he is slowly creeping up in the ranks, man, to try to be number one. Those two kids are the future, man. Tobogo, Area Knight. And I feel like Arian doesn't don't need to creep, man. I mean, he ran, he ran nineteen forty nine as a as a as a season opener, um, what a year ago, right? So to run that time and be your first race out. There's so much more left in his tank, and I feel like he's not using it correctly. I mean, he can be a consistent. If he ran 19-4 just to open up, bro, and you, as a coach, you know what that means. That means that we going deeper than that. That means that we should be going 1945, 1940-42. You should be somewhere around there, for sure. You should be scaring 19-3, for sure. You I, know? I, I think it's more so of him still learning himself. He's fast, but He's starting to learn exactly how fast he is and how to manage it. When you look at his season this year, he's had the best average of 200 meters uh, times this season since he's been pro, man. He, I don't even think he's seen 20 seconds this year. I think all of his races were anywhere from 19.7 all the way up to 19.9. Which is extraordinary. Which, which, yes, which you, is extraordinary. You, you consistently, I remember a time where you can, you're consistently running 20s and you hope to run 19. Now these guys out here consistently running 19s. Yeah, he's, he, he's, he's average 19. So I think he's, he's more so, and we can't forget that he's only 19 also. He's, he's still learning. You know, he has great coaches and Mike Holloway. You know I mean, coaching them how to get through it and how to get better. So I think this year, him being as consistent, I think next year he gets back down to trying to beat that 19-4. Because that's exactly what he's going to need to try to beat Noah. <laughs> he's going to need that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Justin Gallon from Ready, Set, Go. We have a big announcement to make. We have officially partnered with Prize Picks, the daily fantasy sports game. I repeat, the daily fantasy sports game. And it's so easy to sign up. I'm going to pass over to Rod to tell you how to get it done. 
Let me tell you guys how easy it is, man. Head over to prizepicks.com or download the app. If you want to make some moolah, it's a skill-based game. At Prize Picks, you don't just play against anybody. You only play against the prize pick projections. You pick between two to six players, and you select either more or less against the prize picks projections. The best part about it? It only takes 60 seconds to make your entries. Now that's my kind of game. And you know, I'm always picking for my eagles. Fly, eagles, fly to the road of victory. And at prize picks, you can win 25 times your money. You could turn $10 into $250. Man, and y'all know Devontae Smith gonna go get me my money. Price Picks is going to match your first deposit up to $100. If you put in $10, they're going to put in $10. If you put in $100, they're going to put in $100. Go to prizepicks.com slash Gatlin. Use code Gatlin for a first deposit match up to $100. So we switch over to, to the uh, Diamond League then. Diamond League final. You want to go into that? Yeah, we can go into the Diamond League final. Boy, that boy, done, um, that boy DeGrasse done woke up, didn't he? That dude, <laughs> If you gonna start there, I can't even put was, my I can't even put my finger on the grass, man. The grass is that's the gamer. The grass is different, dog. <laughs> the grass is different, I, and and the crazy thing is, I've been talking about the grass all season long. You remember, I was like, the grass in the wrong environment. The grass is in the wrong coaching system. Yeah, did, He's did. not going to be successful in this coaching system. He turned out first half of the season to be not successful, very running, very subpar, right? Especially for him, and then. For him to make such a huge change halfway through the season to be able to make the world championship team, to go on to run well, and then come out to be the Diamond League champion at the end of the year and run 19-7. I mean, he started the season off and running 2020-something, I think, 2024 <laughs> or something like that. And now he, had, he finished off with 19-7 to win, right? In grand fashion, he'd be, he be good competition too in Kenny Bernard and Aaron Knighton. He did, bro. He did. So... He knows. And, and, and I'm a true believer on the fact that you get one career, right? And not knocking none of those coaches out there. That one coach is going to coach potentially hundreds of athletes, right? In his career. But as an athlete, you get one career. Do what makes you feel the right things to do for your career. Do what's going to make you feel the elite athlete that you know you could be. And I feel like for him... He needed to get out there and test and see what was going to work. But he knew immediately, this is not me. This is not my standard I live by or I run by. I need to find a different coach. And he did that. I'm proud of him for that, man. Because there's a lot of people out there still running and spinning their wheels with coaches that don't fit in the same ideology that they should. And their career is just chipping away. And by the time they realize and wake up, bro, they're going to be two years before retirement. They're going to try to scramble and do something with that. You know? Man, I, I hear you, man. I hope, hope the athletes out there, you know, kind of hear what he's saying, man. You know, if you have an inkling that you want to move, remember that it's your career and you want to take your career into your hands because your coach or your agent will have hundreds of other athletes outside of you. So definitely try to take your career into your own hands and do what you feel is best for you because the agents and the coach is going to do what's best for them. Yeah, man. Uh, Diamond League champion, man. Uh, thing Mo. Bro, 154. Listen, boy. Listen, 154, man. She lost that world championships, but she came back and made a statement at pre, man. Like, 
I was concerned that she was going to leave Bobby because of her not having a good season this year. And mind you, Bobby is a GOAT when it comes to coaching, right? Um, but certain coaches and certain athletes just don't fit together. Yeah. And I feel like she, she was going to get up and leave. But for her to drop down and hit that 154 at the end of the season, that last race, that shows me right there that they know what they need to do going into next season. And that shows you right there, all her competitors, hey, I'm coming. 154, I don't think people understand. 154 is beating a lot of high school boys. <laughs> like, good, good high school boys. Why you going to put them boys out there like that? I'm boy? just saying, like, but that, that, they put it in the leaders. Like, how would, you, that is just, how would you feel if there was a girl out there running faster than you did when you was in high school? Shoot. Uh, Flojo was. What you talking about? <laughs> Flojo was an anomaly, dog. <laughs> Flojo was, Flo well, was putting that work in for real, well, though. Flojo was, man. That's <laughs> one. That's one. That's one female from the past, though. I'm talking about a female that was running right now. If you was in, if you was like in high school, or back even in, in college, and those girls out there back, running, I, I'm gonna keep a G, bro. Back in high school, bro, Shakari probably would have been whooping me too. I was only running like ten eight in high school. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. So, I mean, yeah, it's only a few of them. Yeah, four, three or four. But still, yeah, man, that's, that's fast. That's when you think about it. So would you put those females in the same category as you put a, a, a boxer that you meet and be like, look, I ain't going to. Nah, man, I ain't want no smoke. I don't want no smoke. I don't want no smoke with no boxer at home, boy. What about those females in the foot race? Right now? Hell no, nah, they want me. No, I'm. going to be real. Listen. Even even if they don't whoop me, I probably would do something like trip them or something. Here you go, boy. Look at this boy. Hey, you might hear it. I'm just playing though. I'm just <laughs> I can't even be on your side, but I'm be on the sideline like how dare Rod? Nah, there those women those, Rod did that. Those women are amazing. Especially Sharika, man. Like I am I am enamored by like Sharika and, and what she's doing. Even though she didn't win, but like she's an amazing athlete. She didn't, but she came with two diamonds now. She two she double diamond league. I, I don't champion, think I've, I don't ever think I've ever seen that before. Somebody walk away in two events with two diamonds or two oh. sprint events. Hold on, let me go back to my mental roller dance. Nah, I, I, my three diamonds are from the hundred meters. Yeah, consecutive but, years. Yeah, yeah, but they in the but she did in the same same meet, same meet. Exactly, and she broke the meat record in the two hundred, man. Yeah, they, it's different nowadays, bro. That's different. Yeah, that, that I, 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 man, listen. If, if she doesn't get athlete of the year, I mean, look, she carried did what she did, won the hundred, but consistently in that two hundred, she's been breaking records and doing what she does consistently. I feel like she's opened up the door for the two hundred. How what the hundred looks now. You have a lot of females who are running 10.7s and 10.6s now, and no one was really running those superior times in the 200. And now with Sharika running those 21.6s, 21.5s, 4s, things like that, it's opened up a door for a lot of these young females to feel like, I can run just as fast or I want to run faster, right? So now you're going to see more females running those times. That's, that's, how, that's how it happens. Not a lot, but there's going to be some of them. That, that's, that's extraordinary. Shoot. Speaking of Sharika, man, she's won the 200 so much. Do you think people got bored with her just winning and chasing a a a a a, a, a world record? Or I'm gonna stop you right there. Absolutely not. She's backed by Jamaican fans. <laughs> Jamaicans Jamaicans love winning. This is Jamaican true. Jamaicans love seeing uh, a, a a great performance. 
And the thing is, if she ain't break a record yet, they know it's coming though, and they're gonna keep on watching. Uh, bro, I'm, listen. I'm not saying I'm tired of Sharika. Look, I like to see Sharika, whether she running or not running. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 hey, it, it ain't what it is. But what I'm, what I'm saying is, like the Plantis, he broke the world record again. Yeah. Is that getting boring, or is that is that something? I, I, when I watched the meet, I wasn't bored when I saw it. Though I watched it on TV, I was excited when he broke the world when he broke the world record. But I've heard other people say right, well, they're like he doesn't have anybody close or competing close to him, so he doesn't have any competition. They say he might as well just go out there and do it by himself. And I've just heard, win. I've heard people say that. Yeah, but in my head, when I watched him broke the break the world record, like six twenty three is like. 20.5 or 6 or something like that, which is really high. I was impressed. So would you be impressed if the world record he broke was uh, only broken by a centimeter? That's different, right? Compared to like, if someone broke the world record by a hundredth of a, or a thousandth of a second. Yeah, I, I guess because we live in a world of margins yeah. and increments of time. So Not, not knocking him, because... Watching him compete and watching him, like you said, jump at that level. You know, when you watch field events, it's like, it's almost like those athletes are, 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 are competing against measurements and the elements. That's what they're competing against. Measurements and the elements. So it's almost like on some me versus me kind of thing. You know what I mean? But I mean, he does it in such an excellent way. You know what I mean? Like, can you imagine like, he probably breaking uh, world records and we know that the Federation pays you Let's say six figures, $100,000. Every time you break a world record, your federation or the federation is going to pay you that amount. Now, I've seen people in the past break multiple world records, especially in that event. And they just rack up on money. And they only break it by like a centimeter, half an inch. And they just keep breaking it and breaking it and breaking it. So you basically saying that this man is manipulating the system to run the checkup. They're under checker. <laughs> I think so, but I also believe that. I also believe that. I think he's doing it for the glory aspect. Don't get me wrong, right? So you said this dude could jump 630, but he jump in a little increments. He'd be like, yeah, I need 100K this year, so I'm going to jump it today. And then next year, no, because he did it at the dime. So he got the Diamond League record too. So he got another bonus on top of yeah, that. Yeah, bro. And it probably yeah. was in the shoe deal. 100%. He got another so this dude possibly made like 200K on that one jump. 100%. 100%. That's I, I literally sat down with, uh, with Sam Kendricks and he explained it to me. He was like, look, would you prefer me to break the world record in the, in the, in the pole vault by a whole foot? Or should I break it in increments? Because now it becomes more exciting that way. I broke it one time. I broke it again. I'm about to break it again. So it makes you more dominant. If you just do a one-off jump and now you broke the world record and it's giving, and it's giving your competitors something to shoot for now. Now, every time you break the world record on them, that's all they're thinking about. This man breaking the world record on me again, dog. <laughs> I can't even handle it. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's actually genius, dog. It's really genius the fact that they can go out and do that. I wish that runners and sprinters can do that. I wish they can be like, you know what? I'm indefinitely in 9-6 shape. But you know what? I'm going to come around a couple of 9-7s and get down in a 9-6 and I'm going to wear the world record. You know, something like that. That's crazy. That's crazy. I, I can't hate on it, man. You know what I mean? If it, get him, it gets him paid more when he does, does it that way, that's actually a, a, a good method. I hope the shoe companies have this. They don't. Uh, reduce him or make his contract any different because they hear what he's doing on how you're breaking these world records. 
What do you think about the resurgence, the resurgence of Kristen Coleman? 290-83 is back to back. I'm happy. I'm happy for him. I'm happy, period, because um, I know how hard he's worked to get where he is. I know he had a big setback. Um, I thought that it would be damn near impossible for him to get back consistently to where he's at. Now, mind you, he, I feel still feel like he's buffering. I still think that he's still trying to get back to those nine sevens and be more consistent. But for him to win when it counts, like I was saying earlier, you know what I mean? He could have won some one-off races in the season and been okay, but he won the Diamond League Finals, right? He wish he won the Worlds, and I think when he came across that line in the Worlds, you watch him, he's like, ah, because he knew whatever that time was he ran the semis, if he ran that in the finals, it would have got him on the podium. But then he had to come through, as a dog does, and then he came to the Diamond League Finals, and he made sure he won that. I'm not leaving away with some kind of accolade. He got that dog in him, man, and that's what I like to see in athletes and sprinters is the fact that you have that tenacity to always rise to the occasion, right? A lot of athletes nowadays feel like, you got it. You can have it. I'm good. I got my check over here. He don't care about that. He want to be able to be dominant. He want to be a part of history. I'm excited to see what happened, man. There's rumors that he's going to be. I heard I that. I don't know if that's true, but I'm, I'm definitely excited to see what, what that dynamic brings because I actually feel that's a that's a good move. That's a great move for him. We talked about that like two years ago. Two Remember years. that? Two yeah, years ago, we I talked about that. that I, I always said that I thought, man, I think he'd be a good foot. Uh, just just meeting him and seeing how his energy is, and knowing Dennis and knowing how his energy yeah. is, I feel like they link. And, and if 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 that does happen, man, I I think it's going to be real hard for anybody to beat him next year, bro. I ain't going front. Dennis got the Even dogs the Bogo. Now. The Bogo, you make me unproud of him, but that's true. <laughs> Dennis got them dogs now, boy. He do. That's true. Dennis got them dogs, he for do. sure. He do. So what you think about, um, me and you talked about the whole uh, Toby, the AIU situation, and how a lot of this, um, a lot of reports came out this year with uh, young runner Asinga, uh, Toby, um, and we've had them in the past, too, where a lot of athletes have um, been caught up with the AIU, which is the athletic, sure. athletic integrity unit, right? What's your, what's your thoughts on this situation? Because I think it leaves athletes in a state of a tailspin because I feel like they don't give enough transparency from the AIU side. I don't even think that the transparency thing is the thing. I think we need to see like a, a spokesperson or something like that. Like, we always see what they say or they could point out the athlete and the athlete is, is on front page with the, with the results. But where's the spokesperson to where we could hear some type of representative say, well, this is what's going on. This is what we found and this is what we're pursuing. But it's so many times, like I think Toby Yamasan is going to go back into the uh, AIU to, to try to debate her case after running in the Diamond League and she's a Diamond League champion which is crazy yeah you appealed it though yeah they, yeah, they want to they want to be able to bring her case back it's crazy into court it's crazy so like under what pretenses like what, what do we know I guess I don't know if it's like something that the, the the crowd shouldn't know or the people shouldn't know but 
I mean, where's the representative or the person that talks about it? Because we'll always have to ask to come out and apologize if they did or if they didn't. But where's the representative, the person who putting this on top of them, who was doing this? Or is there any type of uh, of media outlet to where we can sit and ask these questions to where other athletes can learn, the younger generation can learn and find out from these the people what not to do or whatever. And they hear it from the governing body that's actually governing your sport. So my personal take on it is I think it's done by design that way. When you don't have a spokesperson, then who do you go to to answer the tough questions? They get left unanswered, you know? And a lot of these athletes get their whole life um, put on front street by with these headlines from the AIU, from these tabloids, from these newspaper outlets. But there's no one there to, like you said, be a representative to speak on the fact of why that athlete's in this situation, what causes athlete been in the situation, and where they're at at that point in time. Oh, what could could have prevented it? I mean, whether they did or didn't, you know what I mean? Something like that. Yeah, you always hear the stories well, well after. You know, like let's say, for instance, like with Coleman's situation, you heard a lot of more hearsay than you had uh, hard evident, hard facts, and. I just don't like, I just think that the way the AIU does it, they put it out in, in such a tasteless way. Like, these are young athletes who are thinking about their career, and maybe they're not thinking 100% or distracted by what the rules are or the totality of the punishment that comes with it. But the fact that you're dealing with athletes who are, when I was growing up, it was 21 years old. Now these kids are like, 16, 17, 18, 18, 19 years old, and they're winning major championships. I remember when I was that age, I wasn't thinking about details. I wasn't thinking about my whereabouts. Like, you got to take into consideration, a lot of these athletes now are not testing positive for banned substance, but they're getting caught up on whereabout infractions. And for the people at home that don't understand what whereabout infractions is, that once you are a part of the track and field world, you have to sign up and you're obligated, especially when you're higher up and you are top, let's just say top 20, top 10 in the world, you're getting randomly drug tested, no matter what your event is. And now you have to fill out this form that allows you to be randomly drug tested. But the only drawback is like, well, if you say, I want to get tested at 6 a.m., right? You know, you know pretty much 100% of the time where you're going to be at 6 a.m. So you can change your window to 6 a.m., but you don't know when and what day at 6 a.m. they're going to come. It could be any day. They can come back to back if they wanted to. So you got to feel like a lot of these young athletes aren't thinking about even changing their window. They still have their window at 3 p.m. God only knows where you at at 3 p.m. You're 21 years old. You out in them streets. You had just finished practice. You grabbing some lunch. Then you get a phone call. Oh, man, hold on. Um, Yeah, I'm not even at home right now. And depending on who is drug testing you, um, they can be nice and be like, well, we'll wait right here until you get here. Or they can be like, hey, all right, well, you missed out. We're about to leave. Like, that's a strike against you. Yeah, I I, I definitely feel like when those type of situations happen, some type of representative needs to say something, uh, uh, even to defend the AIU because they, I don't know, I'm I'm not defending the athletes but I'm not defending the AIU. I'm trying to say that there's got to be some type of accountability, especially if it's the way that you said, if, if a person could just say, oh, we're not going to wait, and that counted as a missed test. You know what I mean? 
Because once people see something that, that's posted from the AIU, it's more so of, oh, that person was doing this and it leads everybody to the assumptions. So it's it almost like slander, but without saying it. Exactly. But, but if it happened and you wasn't doing anything, everybody will always have that inkling in their mind that you are doing something. And I'm just saying that that's not fair. I agree you know 100%. I, mean? I think that, that that takes the integrity of the person. Yeah. Now. So we definitely need a spokesperson from the AIU, a face where we can say you are AIU and know who that is. Uh, unless, I don't know, I'm pretty sure in the comments later on, somebody going to be like, this is who it is from the AIU. And I'm going to go look them up. <laughs> I doubt I'm gonna it. I'm going to go look them up. I 100% <laughs> doubt it. Ain't nobody got that information handy. But hopefully, if they listening... Y'all need to get represented to come out and talk to the people because we got a lot of questions. We don't a lot know what's of going questions, on. man. You can come out there, you come talk to us and set the record straight the way you good. You know what I mean? Exactly. But on that note, if you love watching sports and you love watching track and field like we do, go to Prize Pick. Prize Pick. Pick your favorite fantasy uh, athletes. Jalen Hurts. Go out there Eagles. and win big for you because that's what we believe in. Fly Eagles, fly. So once again, we appreciate your prize pick. <laughs> And y'all stay tuned for another episode of Ready, Ready Set, Set, Go! go.